On the phone with me for this segment, I have Jeff Clayton, the executive director of the American Bail Coalition, an organization with a primary focus of protecting everyone's constitutional right to post bail. So we're going to be talking mainly about SB 10, and it has been put on hold for the time being, but there's been a recent ruling that is affecting SB 10 and how it will go forward, and we'll talk to Jeff about that. So thank you very much for joining me today, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen. Okay, first tell us what is at the heart of this controversy over bail reform? What was the uh, case of Walker versus Calhoun, Georgia? What was that all about, and why is it significant to begin with? Absolutely. The fight has been over whether you can have a bail schedule, meaning whether courts can preset what the bail is based on the crime. Uh, Maurice Walker uh, was a guy who was arrested for public intoxication in Calhoun, uh, Georgia, had the bail set by a schedule, uh, didn't get review within six days. The city later changed their policy to a bail schedule but review within 48 hours, uh, and the 11th Circuit affirmed that that was a constitutional uh, setup and the U.S. Supreme Court ultimately denied review in that case, uh, even though the plaintiffs um, thought it was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court basically held that in this case it was constitutional to use these bail schedules. Why was the case uh, appealed in the first place, and who was behind all of that? So originally it was a group called Equal Justice Under Law, who's filed a couple of cases in California. Uh, Now the successor organization, Civil Rights Corps, which are basically activist lawyers, one of whom worked in Eric Holder's Justice Administration, who launched this movement really in late 2015, early 2016. We're finally uh, getting to the U.S. Supreme Court. And why is it significant that the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear this case, and then what happens next? Well, because I think if Mr. Walker was severe enough to where he could be held for several days, then, you know, that calls into question whether the San Francisco bail schedule, as it exists right now, is constitutional or not uh, constitutional. And certainly a judge in California, or a federal judge in California, has said that the San Francisco bail schedule, for the same reasons uh, that the district judge held that that the uh, schedule in Calhoun was unconstitutional, makes the San Francisco bail schedule unconstitutional. So we'll have to see if that's going to change the outcome in California. Now, you talk about us here in California, there's SB 10, Senate Bill 10, that has to do with bail reform. Uh, tell our listeners, what is SB 10? Sure, SB 10 really uses a risk algorithm and gets rid of money, monetary bail uh, in the state of California and conditions your release on whether you're high risk, a medium risk, or low risk. If you're low risk, you go home. If you're medium risk, you get supervised by the state, get an ankle monitor, all that sort of thing. And if you're high risk, you stay in jail. Obviously, there's constitutional problems with that. Namely, you, can, you know, you can't overrule this California Constitution, and so we, uh, as an industry, have put together a referendum initiative, and we've uh, put a stop to it, at least for the next couple of years. So your organization, the American Bail Coalition, you are against SB 10, is that correct? We are, largely because it, you know, eliminates the right to bail and similarly takes out, you know, the entire bail industry. Now, do the developments in the Walker versus Calhoun, do they have any effect on uh, SB 10? I don't think so. I mean, I think it does kill one of the central reasons why, you know, we needed to do the reform because, you know, the rich guy can afford it and the poor guy can't. And what we're finding out is there's a whole lot more uh, of what's going on than just that, you know, simple story. So what is the status of SB 10 in light of this recent ruling? Well, it's going to go before the voters on the referendum in the November 2020 election. So it's on hold for now. uh, And the legislature certainly could pass some kind of a compromise or something like that, which is what we're hoping for. And you were able to get enough signatures to put a referendum about SB 10 on the 2020 ballot. We did, and we were able to do it in less than 90 days, which was a pretty tall order. Now, what is the risk assessment algorithm? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So basically, a bunch of math is done to determine what factors correlate with people not showing up and people 
committing more crimes uh, while on bail. And really, it's a process of labeling people as dangerous. And so we're basing whether somebody gets bail or not based on these factors. And a lot of times, you know, they correlate with people that have traditionally been disadvantaged in the system. So there's been a lot of concern uh, around the country that, the, that there's racial bias in these things, and that's just going to make the system worse. In jurisdictions around the country where risk assessment algorithms are used, is it actually true that defendants who have been released under this no-bail system have committed violent crimes? They have, and we saw that in New Jersey, particularly on gun charges, uh, when they first put the tool out. They were counting a lot of prior felons in possession of firearms as low risk for some reason. So we've seen all kinds of crazy anomalies by that, and you know we think the judges are the best you know, people to make these decisions. Has the data behind the risk assessment algorithms been kept hidden? Are we able to see how the math is done? Yeah, in very few, if any, circumstances do we get to get, basically go in and check the math, find out how they came up with what the factors are. They are generally proud of themselves because they tell us what the factors are, but they don't tell us why they got to those factors and what other assumptions and factors that they may have taken out. Now, explain to us how the risk assessment algorithm, how it sounded appealing to uh, civil rights groups at first. Well, I think basically people were upset at the current system and rather than thinking through the solution, they were looking to anything that would be an alternative to basically the money bail system, as they, as they call it. Uh, and so I think they fell for it because, yeah, everybody would say that if you're, you know, a higher risk or you're more dangerous, then, you know, we should take the case more seriously. But I think uh, using these is something that judges already did intuitively, and so we needed different changes to the bail system than a risk assessment. Now, what type of groups have come on board uh, since this latest um, revelation of uh, how the system actually works? Well, the Senate Bill 10 was a mushroom bill, meaning it happened quick in the middle of the night and literally came out on a Friday or a Monday. We're not exactly sure when it came out. Uh, And then it was law by the end of the week. And so obviously 50 50 civil rights groups went the other way and opposed Senate Bill 10. And my assumption is they still oppose Senate Bill 10, uh, largely because of this idea that we're going to lock people up and use a computer to do it. So what do you suggest the public does in regards to SB 10 and bail reform? Well, I think the public should follow what's happening and whether the legislature finally comes to its senses and passes what I think could be a compromise plan uh, that, yeah, maybe the bail industry wouldn't be as lucrative under that, but uh, that we would address the true problem, uh, things like bringing the bail schedules down and some other reforms that we think are important. And I think if the public talks to their public official, I mean, they need to tell them that the bail reform Senate Bill 10 is envisioning is not what's good for California and that there's a more moderate you know, approach to get some kind of a solution. So this referendum that will be on the 2020 ballot, what, how will it be worded? What will it be called? We don't know yet for sure, but we know that the public, to keep Senate Bill 10, will have to vote yes. And so if you don't like Senate Bill 10, you'll vote no. So it'll be as simple as that. Vote yes on SB 10 or vote no on SB 10. Exactly. Okay, as we start to wrap things up, if there's one point you could make about SB 10 and SB 10 going forward, what would that be? Well, I've I think it'll cause chaos because we don't know how it'll be implemented. It could result in locking a bunch more people up. It could result in letting a lot more dangerous people out, and that could depend on the jurisdiction. So I don't think that's what California needs. The bail system in California needs reform, but this is not the answer. So you're suggesting that we go out and vote no on SB 10 when it does come around on the ballot? I am. All right, Jeff Clayton, the executive director of the American Bail Coalition, an organization with a primary focus of protecting everyone's constitutional right to post bail. And we've been talking about, amongst other things, Walker versus Calhoun in Georgia, a bail issue. And we've been talking about bail reform. So thank you once again for joining me today, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You got it.